Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. Hey everybody, this is Kyle V, host of the Ozark Podcast. If you like the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast, we have a show for you. We sit down with local outdoorsmen of Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma to talk all things hunting, fishing, conservation, history, and culture in the Ozark Mountains region. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts to discuss the pursuits of hunting turkeys, bears, and whitetail, as well as the science behind their conservation. Join me and my co-host Kyle Plunkett every Wednesday and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Alright guys, it's that time of the week again. For another strut report, we appreciate you guys for tuning in for this week's episode. Of course, it is Jacob from the Southern Outdoorsman here. Uh, it's going to help bring this episode to you for this week. Uh, again, like always, super excited. Uh, you know, turkey season is always a great time. Not only to be able to get out in the woods, go, you know, kill a couple turkeys, but also just be able to network with a bunch of guys and find some people that maybe, you know, you wouldn't hear about on uh, any other time of the year. And that's kind of like what we're bringing for you uh, this week. Got a bunch of group of guys that I think is going to add a lot of value not only to your listening experience, but also to hopefully help educate you a little bit more on uh, maybe being a little more efficient while you're out there in the turkey woods. I know that's kind of how I feel talking with these guys, and I think you guys will feel the same way. Um, but anyways, so on this week's episode, we're covering a bunch of different states. I don't even want to name all the states uh, just because of all the reporters I've got on. But roughly, it's looking like right now uh, we have six guys on. It's going to be fantastic. So super excited for that. Um, before we kind of jump into this week's episode, just want to say thanks again also to 
Houndstooth Game Calls. Again, the sponsor for the Strut Report. Uh, always appreciate their support. Uh, throughout the season, helping us be able to produce this uh, program for you guys. I know this is probably one of our most popular programs throughout the whole year is the Strut Report. Uh, the numbers we have from this is absolutely fantastic from you know guys tuning in that just want to know what's going on in their neck of the woods. But, you know, like always, guys, every week I like to kind of highlight a product from Houndstooth. And one thing I'd like to talk to you real quickly about is this the Dixie Hen box call. Now, that's a call we've been using uh, relatively recently. Uh, I haven't used it up until this year. I've never been a big box call person, but one reason why is because when you're carrying it in the woods, you know, you always have the issue of it possibly squeaking. Even you put a couple rubber bands around it. Sometimes you put a paper towel in between the lid and the box. This kind of silence a little bit. And they're kind of bulky. Well, you know, the Dixie Hen from Houndstooth is designed with their lid to have a little less surface area. But it's designed when it is closed up in your vest, it's not making any noise. It's kind of cool the way they designed it. Kind of hard to explain. You'd have to see it in person or try it out to really understand that. But if you're a box call, if you're a friction guy, and really do like a good box call, I'd highly recommend it. Tones on it are absolutely fantastic from what we've been using on it. Uh, and again, it's just silent walking through the woods, which is awesome. Because that's the biggest downfall. I've seen from a lot of box calls is, man, you got to put freaking two monster rubber bands on that bad boy just to shut her up. But uh, anyways, guys, let's go check out the uh, the Dixie Hen box call from Houndstooth Game Calls, along with everything else you know we've always talked about, especially the KV Hen, the Vixen, Mouth Calls. And again, you can check them out on their website at houndstoothgamecalls.com. But guys, anyways, I won't want to ramble on too much longer, so let's jump into this week's strut report, and we're going to kick it off with Jacob Emery from Kansas. All right, guys, and first on the line, like I said earlier, is Jacob Emery from The Hunting Ground. Jacob, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, buddy? <laughs> doing great. Not as great as you guys because you guys just tagged out in Kansas, which is the topic for this first strut report, man. Uh, seemed like you had a great time, and it's kind of jumped straight into this week's episode. Since you were out in Kansas, you drove over from, uh, from Kentucky, um, you know, kind of give us a little update on, you know, first of all, what was the gobbling activity like out there for you? Uh, these birds out here, they, I think they like to hear themselves talk. Um, uh, they're going to gobble, uh, as many times as they can possibly do on the branch. And, uh, it was, it was a little different. There was some areas where, uh, once the birds hit the ground with hens, uh, they would still gobble, um, quite a bit, but, but nothing along the lines of if you found one that was by himself, he just, uh, you can't really get him to shut up sometimes, but that's a good thing, right? Oh yeah. No, Hey, I understand that. Now, Another thing, guys, a little bit of background about this report. So Jacob was out there for the early archery season in Kansas, uh, hunting public land. So that's another cool topic, which hopefully you guys are going to be able to hear about that on Monday's episode. But, you know, kind of jump into another topic for this week's strut report. You know, how are the birds for you guys when it comes to being henned up or flocked up right now? Uh, I will say for the most part, for both me and my buddy that was out there, uh, most of the birds are with hens. Um, they're still grouped up. They're not in the crazy winter flocks where there's, you know, 40 or 50 of them, but it seemed like every group of birds you would find would have three to four gobblers and, you know, 10, 10 to 20 hens, uh, sometimes a little bit less, but, uh, yeah, they're still pretty grouped up, but every now and then throughout the day, you know, later on 10 to two o'clock was when about you could find them by themselves doing their own thing. All right, now kind of going into another part of this week's strut report, you know, kind of what was the food source or food sources maybe you saw those turkeys feeding on out there in Kansas on some of this public land? Well, the cool thing about these, well, I don't know if it's cool, but these birds, they travel so far during the day. Um, so they're going to have quite a bit of variety. Um, there are like very few and far between 
acorn trees out there. Uh, I, I practically noticed none, but these birds, most of the time, right off the bat, they're going to hit a cow pasture, uh, feeding on grasses and, uh, and crop fields. Uh, there's a lot of crop fields that uh, border most of these pastures with cows and whatnot, but uh, a lot of birds that we've seen were hitting cornfields, a lot of wheat fields, and uh, as the day got on, it got a little bit warmer, they would hit these kind of more like open prairies and whatnot, uh, and just catching a few bugs here and there. Right on. Now, you know, kind of going into tactics, you know, this is a question that we've had, you know, not only a lot of luck with, with uh, listeners kind of taking some of these tactics with them to have, you know, some success, but also just people really enjoy this question, which is, you know, what tactics really were working for you guys that allowed you guys to tag out in such a short time frame? Uh, <laughs> as my buddy likes to call it, you need to find the turkey bird highway. And uh, it's it's almost like you're hunting whitetails out there uh, during the bow season because it, it's, it's tough to run and gun with a bow, especially self-filming and whatnot. So what we like to do is we find a good travel corridor. And most of the time that's going to be in between some private public and then more private land where they are crossing across this field uh doing their thing whether they're feeding or or chasing hens or whatnot uh if you can find a good kind of like almost a pinch point where these birds want to cross these fences uh they do not like crossing woven wire fences and they really don't like even crossing four strand barbed wire uh so if you can f- kind of find where they're going to funnel down and, and and cross these places cross a ditch a uh, small river um they like to use these i call them fingers i don't know what they call them out there uh actual kansas people but you've got these wide open fields that got these uh fingers of trees that stick out into it and almost never you'll see these birds walking across just a wide open field they're gonna go from finger to finger to kind of avoid being in the open more than they really got to Hmm. Uh, so what worked best for us was uh right on the edge of a cow pasture um, both of us killed both our birds right on the edge of a cow pasture where they were traveling from private to public um, and then getting over to more private land. Right on. No, that's pretty cool. I mean, you're kind of going out there, especially with a bow, you know, in y'all style of hunting with that. I mean, you're, so you're using a blind, you're trying to put yourself in the right situation to hopefully not only be able to bring some birds in using decoys and calling, but also hopefully be able to have some of these birds just naturally come into those areas. Like you said, you know, as your buddy said, you know, little turkey highways, which is kind of, that's a cool term. You don't want to coin that right there. So <laughs> awesome. We'll kind of wrap up this uh, week's strut report. You know, give us, what is a tip, you know, you'd leave with the listeners, um, you know, especially if they were going to go out to Kansas, maybe for an archery, you know, archery uh, early season turkey hunt. What I would say is find that, transition point where they're traveling and just be patient these turkeys walk miles and miles a day if you're bow hunting grab yourself a nice comfy chair a blind and uh, find that spot and set up i like to use a simple decoy setup out there i don't want to be too aggressive because in our experience the birds aren't that aggressive out there but there's some that are i like to use a real simple decoy setup a nice comfy blind and just be patient and wait it out. And I would almost guarantee if you're in a decent spot, good sign, good travel corridor, you're going to have some birds come by, you know, one or two or three times before the day's over. Yeah. Now, I mean, if you don't mind, kind of go over what, it, what was your decoy spread? I mean, your decoy setup, you know, kind of keep it simple, but also efficient and effective. I used a single hen. That was it. My buddy went a little bit more aggressive. He used uh, a Jake and two hens 
uh, and he said at, at one point it actually uh, boogered a bird off. Uh, he wasn't a fan of the other male turkey, whether it was a jake or, or gobbler or not, um, but it spooked the long beard off, and he, he pulled it and just started using just two hen decoys and was able to you know tag out the same way as me, just something simple. Mm-hmm. Now, also, I got to ask, just kind of wrap this up because I, I think it's kind of a cool little thing you told me is about is, you know, how many hunters did you guys see out there while doing this hunt? <laughs> we ran into a group of guys at Walmart as soon as we got into Kansas. I have no idea where they were going, um, but we didn't see but one other hunter. He pulled up to the gas station with an outfitter, and that's it. Yeah, and it seemed like that guy wasn't very happy finding out that nope. y'all were tagging out on birds, and he was paying <laughs> on public land, and he was paying X amount just to try to help with the outfitter. I, I'm sure that outfitter is not very happy with me right now. Yeah. <laughs> right on, Jacob, man. We appreciate you coming on for this week's episode of the Strut Report, and hopefully we'll have you back on for Monday's episode. So, man, right on, and uh, good luck this weekend. Are you going to be able to get down in uh, Kentucky at all? Oh, yeah. I've got, I'm have got. i sitting here right now watching one of my fields. I'm watching him strut, and the string around his ankle is a little tight. I might have to go out there and give him some more slack. <laughs> awesome brother all right man well we appreciate it and uh we will uh, talk to you later brother thank you all right see you buddy all right guys and next on the line we have wesley moore coming in from south alabama wesley how are you doing doing good doing good by yourself uh doing excellent man glad to have you on uh seems like you've had a little bit of success so far this season you killed an awesome color phase bird uh that i think a lot of people are going to absolutely love to see so man uh, congratulations on that turkey for sure Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's kind of jump straight into this week's short report with you, you know, representing our Alabama. We haven't yet had a guy on from South Alabama, which is kind of good to have you on with that. Uh, even though you're new to the area, you were telling me before we get started, you've only, you know, been down there for just this is your first season hunting that area. But uh, from what you've been seeing so far, how's the gobbling activity been in the few counties that you hunt in South Alabama? It's definitely increasing. Uh, the first part of the year, it was almost nothing to non-existent in a lot of areas, especially Washington County. It was very, very light, but it is now picking up, and you're starting to hear birds gobble. Uh, further south, they are really gobbling well. Right on. Awesome. Now, from what you've been seeing and hearing over the last uh, couple of weeks, especially this past week as well, you know, how have the birds transitioned in? I mean, are they still relatively hinned up and flocked right now or are you starting to see any kind of separation from some of these gobblers from you know these larger flocks of hens well again it you know it depends on what county you're in and what area you know in washington county the birds were very hinned up the very first part of the season they're starting to break up now uh and then in mobile county you know the further south you go the birds are actually starting to wrap up and they're getting a lot more killable um you know Baldwin County, Mobile County, birds are becoming a lot more killable. Hens are starting to leave them a lot earlier, and uh, gobblers getting lonely. Right on. Awesome, dude. Now, kind of jumping to our third question is just, you know, food sources. Are you seeing, uh, you know, while you're out in, the, out in the field, is there any one or so food sources that you're seeing turkeys really targeting right now? Grass fields, big time. They're, you know, hens are all over the grass fields bugging for, uh, you know, to make their eggshells and getting that protein from the bugs. Uh, and gobblers are pretty pretty close by, usually off in the woods or, or in the field with them. All right, great. Now, to kind of jump into, you know, some of the meat of this uh, report, you know, what's some tactics right now that you're seeing that's really working for you and maybe some other guys are down in this area of the country, you know, talking, you know, South Alabama, you know, what tactics are, you know, working right now that someone can really kind of go out there and try out? 
Uh, the tactics that work been working best for me is just getting in as tight as possible uh, to the bird uh, off the roost. Uh, you know, these birds have, if they don't have hens roosted nearby, they're getting off the roost and getting to their hens fairly quickly in the morning. So they're trying to run down hens that have, that, you know, had their nest destroyed or uh, what have you. But uh, that's the best tactic for me is getting that early first, first hen that he uh, encounters success is that what I've been having so far. And uh, as the morning progresses, getting into the afternoon, midday, uh, you know, normal tactics, light calling, uh, sparingly, uh, birds just kind of slipping in. Goblins been stopping around nine to ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and this one that we've seen as well is pretty much that nine to ten o'clock uh, cutoff time from a lot of birds. And then every now and then you're going to find a hot bird in the afternoons from what we've been seeing in North Alabama. Now, to kind of get to you know our final question for this uh, report from Alabama, you know, what's a tip you'd leave the listeners? Uh, that's something maybe you've done year in year out. Maybe something that's really helps you out. Maybe helps you be a little more successful and have a little more confidence. You know, what's a tip like that you would leave for the listeners for this week? Uh, just be very, very fluid as far as from bird to bird as far as how aggressive or uh, calm you are as far as your calling. Uh, you know, every bird's been very, very different. Some birds have just been, you know, gobbling at a raindrop, it seemed like. And other birds have just been very, very tight-lipped and, and uh, just wanted you to come to them more. So just be very, very fluid uh, and, you know, really know the terrain. Try to learn what birds are doing. Uh, where they're going throughout their daily routine as far as the, you know, food sources, water sources. Um, that's what's helped me the most. And that's the first thing I try to do when I move to a new area to help get me success is learn the area that I'm going to hunt and learn obstructions like creeks, uh, thickets, things that birds are going to normally try to skirt. And so that when I hear a bird goblin, I can build a mental picture of what's in between me and him so that I can try to get, call to him initially from an area that's going to be the easiest path to me to give him the most, you know, he'll, he'll feel a lot more confident to come to you. Uh, that's been the most, it's woodsmanship, 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 and then calling has always been the best tactic and tip that I could ever give anybody. No, I think it's fantastic. And I, I can 100% agree with that because, I mean, I've been on so many hunts where maybe you think you, you might know the property, but maybe you don't. And it turns out, like you said, maybe there's a creek or there was a big ditch or something in between you and the bird he just didn't want to cross. Or maybe there's a there's a small field that you didn't know was maybe off the field you were hunting, and he just wanted to strut in that and not come through the tree line. That actually just happened to right. us in um, uh, just outside of Montgomery, uh, hunting, uh, doing a, or filming for our Wounded Warriors hunt. And uh, that was a situation on this past Friday, having a bird that, was actually three birds that were hammering and uh, we couldn't pull them through this small tree line i mean tree line was only probably 40 yards wide but it was too thick you can't see through it but uh they didn't want to come through and turns out after the fact we didn't look at the maps or anything unfortunately uh they kind of worked off when we swung around and looked and there was another itty bitty little field on the other side of that tree line and they were just strutting up and down that field for probably about 30 to 45 minutes uh while just absolutely gobbling at everything but they just wouldn't commit that last 30 40 yards um, so I think that's fantastic to kind of like what you talk about, be a better woodsman, uh, you know, woodsmanships are everything and be able to kind of go in there and, and know the lay of the land to, you know, be efficient. Now I was going to ask you, and then we'll kind of wrap it up with this. Uh, are you using any special kind of uh, mapping service or anything while you're out there hunting? I mean, do you use Onyx or uh, hunt stand or, you know, Google maps or anything to kind of do a lot of your scouting at the house? Uh, what I love and, you know, it's kind of been a little secret of mine. I feel like is uh, Motion X GPS. 
if you can, if, if I think it's a small fee, one time fee to download the app. Uh, it's on iPhone and Android. The cool thing about this app is it, it does not use cell phone service. A lot of the places I hunt, there is no cell phone service. So this still works. It utilizes GPS, you know, the satellites. Doesn't require cell phone service. You have multiple different map layers you can select. Uh, it shows you different times of the year, so you can see those hardwood lines, or you can see those pine tickets. Uh, you know, when the winter time, when you can see the leaves are falling, you can see those hardwood pockets, um, and you can see those creek, you know, the SMZs. Um, that has been the greatest one for me because you can drop all kinds of pins. Uh, you can record your tracks, see how many miles you've gone. The distance between you and a pin you drop, if you hear a bird goblin, you drop a pin. They'll show you the distance and the direction. You can save it. You start to build up a roost area for the bird. Uh, it's been a really, really great app. And because it works without cell phone service, it's been one of the greatest tools I've ever had on my phone. Oh, that's fantastic. And again, uh, repeat the name of the app. It's Motion X GPS. Motion X GPS. Awesome, dude. I'm going to check that out. That sounds like a cool, another cool uh, product to kind of lay out there again especially you know shoot something like that seems extremely valuable especially if you know kind of the property line what you're already hunting on but you need something that especially where we hunt north alabama dude there's no sale signal so if you don't already have maps yeah. saved on onyx or whatever you are screwed so either that yeah that'd be awesome to try that out well wesley man we appreciate you coming on this week uh definitely we'll have to stay in touch with you for the rest of the season hopefully have you back on a little later on in the bama season uh, now, are you hunting any other states other than Alabama? You told me earlier before we started recording that you hunt a little bit of Mississippi. But is there anything else on your agenda for this year? Uh, yes, we're going to Missouri uh, April 30th through May 3rd. Uh, me and the wife are going. We're going to do a three, three or four-day hunt up there. And that will pretty much wrap up our turkey season for the year. All right. Uh, no, that's fantastic, dude. That's That would be a cool hunt to kind of wrap it up, especially – uh, you know, strengthen or lengthen the season a little bit more for you. So that's awesome. Well, Wesley, man, we appreciate you uh, coming on this week's episode and uh, good luck the rest of your season. Thank you so much. Appreciate it for having me. All right, guys. And next on the line, we have our buddy Hunter Staples coming in from Kentucky. Hunter, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, doing doing good, man. Uh, I know y'all season's coming in in about 36 hours or so. Uh, well, actually, when this episode drops, it'll be about 24 hours. Uh, Saturday morning is going to look like a, a pretty good one if the weather will hold off. Is that not right? Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it will, and I'm pumped up counting the hours down. Right on, dude. Well, let's kind of jump straight in from this uh, for this report. You know, this is the first report we've had from Kentucky this year, so kind of excited to get you on for that. Uh, seems like you guys had a pretty good uh, youth season. Um, you know, how first off, during the youth season up until now, I don't know how much you've been able to scout with work and everything, but, you know, how have the birds been gobbling from what you've been seeing and hearing over the last week or so? Uh, it, we had a great youth weekend. Um, we killed two birds in two days, um, pretty much right off the roof. Um, definitely right off the roof Saturday and Sunday, um, maybe an hour off the roof. It was foggy that morning, so they stayed up on the wind a little longer than usual. But um, birds have been gobbling good. Um, I'm still seeing some birds uh, flocked up with hens um, with multiple gob gobblers in the group. Um, I'm seeing some groups with just one gobbler and a few hens. So, I mean, I guess it just really depends on where you're at and how they're feeling. 
Yeah, and that was another question I was going to ask you is, you know, how are they, you know, end up as of now? And, again, you said, you know, you're still seeing, you know, some flocks with, with some hens and multiple long beards. Uh, now, in your opinion, in situations like that, does that make it any more difficult for you to hunt when you have birds like that, kind of all flocked up with multiple long beards in one group? Um, I, I don't think so. Um, a lot of people probably disagree with that, but I actually enjoy hunting big flocks of birds like that because um, I just like to get in close and tight with them. And if you can do that, I feel like you have a really good chance of killing killing one or killing uh, killing some birds. Yeah, right on. Um, well, kind of jump into another question I'd like to ask you is just food sources. You know, right now in your area, um, you know, is there any one or more food sources that you're, you know, seeing, especially while scouting, but also maybe on that youth hunt that you're seeing these birds kind of targeting at this time of the year? Um, no, I mean, nothing, nothing in particular. I mean, uh, wherever them hens are going to be, that's where, where the long beards will follow. I hear that. Well, and kind of jumping to, you know, question number four, which is, again, one of my favorite questions, talking tactics here. Uh, you know, kind of talk a little bit about tactics. You know, kind of, first off, maybe give us a little bit of your tactic for this weekend. You know, what's your goal? I'm sure you're probably trying to want to kill one right off the roost, but, you know, what are you doing to kind of prepare for that? And then also, I'd like for you to talk about tactics on hunting big flocks of birds. Uh, I know you just said that you like doing that. And maybe kind of have you break that down a little bit on like, you know, which, what are you trying to do? How are you trying to set up? How are you trying to call in situations with, a, you know, you're dealing with a big flock, you know, talking, you know, 8, 10, 12, 15 birds with, you know, maybe multiple long beards in that group? Well, um, that's, a good, that's a great question. Um, as far as this weekend goes, um, I've been watching and scouting and, and listening for a few weeks now. Um, so I kind of know what what they're doing as far as their moods and where they want to be and how they're acting, things of that nature. Um, but I, I think that all of that right there plays a, a big role, um, knowing where they want to be, um, knowing how they're acting as far as are they trying to get their pecking order going, are they fighting, are they, are they not. Um, if you know that, then that kind of tells you um, what what kind of decoy you might could use, whether it could be just a hand decoy or if they're doing a lot of fighting, you might want to throw out a, a Jake decoy or a Strut and Gobbler decoy. I mean, there's just lots of variables there. Yeah, and that's actually a pretty cool uh, observation you just talked about is, you know, whether the birds are fighting right now, if you can see that. Um, on the very first report we had for this week's episode, Jake Emery, a friend of mine from the Hunting Ground uh, TV show, out uh he was out in kentucky not he drove from kentucky to kansas and they were hunting out there for the early archery season and uh he was running a lone hen and it was having a lot more success getting birds to come in with that lone hen than his buddy that was running a jake and two hens he actually had one long beard like skirt and actually like get scared from his jake decoy and mm-hmm. uh he said yeah it definitely seemed like they weren't even getting close to wanting to fight so i'm sure that's that's huge especially if you're dealing with you know any kind of birds, but especially if you're dealing with birds in, in open areas, whether you're hunting big ag or, you know, just prairie, whatever it is, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what those birds are doing to be able to kind of get them to draw in. Again, whether they're being aggressive and maybe you can use a, a, a jake decoy or some guys like using strutters or if you want to go more low-key with just a hint or two. Uh, so mm-hmm. that, that's a pretty good point. Now, can I go into, you know, the last part of this report? 
you know, what's a tip you'd like to leave uh, to the listeners, something that maybe you've done year in, year out, especially opening weekend? Because, I mean, last year uh, seemed like y'all's opening weekend, I believe, I remember right, that was when you killed that uh, black wing tip bird. Um, maybe maybe I had my weeks wrong, but I thought that's when you killed that bird. Um, um, I could, That was actually my second bird, but, yes, that was last year. It just wasn't opening day. Got you, because opening day last year, wasn't it raining on you guys? It was pretty nasty weather. Yes, we we were fortunate enough to, uh, to me and my dad. We doubled up on opening day. It was actually um, a terrible thunderstorm come in at daybreak that morning, but me and dad were still able to get her done. Right on. Well, you know, with all that being said, uh, kind of us beating around the bush a little bit. You know, what is a tip you'd leave the listeners? Uh, say maybe they're hunting Kentucky this week. You know, the weather from what I've heard is looking pretty iffy, uh, kind of like it was last year. Uh, you know, what's a tip you'd give the listeners, maybe handle that kind of situation, uh, you know, coming this weekend? Best, best advice I can, I can give if you can get out there tomorrow and listen in the morning, or you can get out there tomorrow afternoon and try to put some to bed, glass some fields or hit some hardwoods right at dark and try to roof one that way. Um, I think you'll be real successful. Um, like I said, uh, me and my dad, we doubled up last year, opening day, and uh, we had terrible weather, but due to the scouting that I did prior to that and knowing where the, the birds were and knowing where they wanted to be, all we had to do was just go and pop up a blind due to the heavy rain and wind and just be there, and it worked out for us last year. We... Uh, probably wasn't in the blind maybe 45 minutes and had three longbeards come running into the decoys and me and dad doubled up and that's where scouting and and knowing uh where your birds want to be what they're doing what their moods are like and it it will play in your favor i promise right on yeah i mean scouting's huge and uh, i think that's a great tip for anyone uh anywhere in the country, let alone just Kentucky, you know, put in your scouting time, put in your time and it can pay off for you. So awesome Hunter. Well, man, we appreciate you, you know, coming on for this week's episode. Hopefully we'll have you back on a little bit later on and kind of give us another report mid season and Kentucky season, but uh, good luck this weekend. Good luck to all the other Kentucky hunters uh, this weekend and uh, we'll stay in touch, brother. All right. Thanks for having me. Good luck to everyone. All right, guys, and next on the line, we have our buddy and actually the winner of our big giveaway with the shotgun ammo, choke tube, calls, and uh, Onyx mass. Huge giveaway. Uh, Thomas Hicks coming in from South Carolina. Thomas, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, buddy. How you doing? Doing excellent, man. You're doing a lot better than a lot of our other listeners with you winning that giveaway, dude. That's awesome. And uh, oh. it seems like you've been following us for a little while, and uh, it's kind of good to see a listener like yourself win that giveaway. So congrats, man. Oh yeah, buddy. It was a, it was, it was good, and I mean, I'll tell you what, I was excited about it. Yeah, and again, really excited. Well, it's kind of like what me and Andrew said uh, when we started the giveaway. Is you know, we really hoped for a new turkey hunter to to win the giveaway, and that's exactly what you are. I mean, this is your first official year going hard at turkeys, man. So that's even better. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It was my first. I, you know, you know, of course, like I told you before, this was my first year going hard or like going kind of aggressively hunting turkeys. But, uh, you know, I've been hunting for a couple years, you know, here and there on and off, but wasn't successful. And, uh, it was, it was, a. Uh, it's, th- this year has been better to me than the, uh, the past years. Yeah. And 
Well, I was going to say, that's, that's awesome. That's one cool thing, a coolest perspective we're going to have with your report from South Carolina for this week's episode is, you know, you are coming at this from a little bit newer, kind of a, a greener hunter, but you still know, you know, lay land. You still understand, you know, a lot of woodsmanship, but it's just, you know, kind of going after turkeys. And especially, you know, you and me talked early on the phone a couple of days ago about, you know, you getting into turkey hunting and the biggest hurdle for you was calling and try to understand, you know, especially how to run a mouth call, you know, at least efficiently and then be able to, you know, use all your other calls as well and just understand that whole, that whole setup. So I think your report's going to be very valuable because we do have a lot of guys that listen to, listen to the uh, short report that don't turkey hunt or they're very, very green at it. You know, maybe they've been doing it for a few years, but they just haven't really taken, taken it that seriously. Uh, so it's going to be good to kind of get your report from that. But, you know, with all that being said, let's kind of jump right into this episode or this uh, report from South Carolina. And the first thing I'd like to ask you is, you know, over the last week or so, maybe week and a half, two weeks, you know, how has the gobbling activity been for you in the areas that you hunt? Um, eh, starting out, it was rough <clears throat> because, uh, let's see, our season opens up. It opened on March 20th this year. Oh, I believe it's every year, but let's see, let's, let's say it was March 20th. And probably from then on to when our public land opened up for turkey hunting, and that was April 1st, all that time in between, them 10 days in between I hunted, I didn't hear hardly any gobbling activity. Now, that was on private, too. That was birds that weren't being pressured. It wasn't, uh, they weren't being chased around by other hunters or even really stalked or uh, scouted, honestly. But um, I would say... Right, right around the opening weekend of public land hunting, that would have put it, I, I can't remember the date, but that, that's whenever I really started hearing the most gobbling. I went on a Saturday and a Sunday morning, and all morning and all that weekend, I was hearing gobbling. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's good. I mean, that's kind of like the report we've had from a lot of states that, you know, it, it just now is kind of getting better. You know, a lot of states like Alabama, we opened up on the 15th. Uh, Mississippi, no, Mississippi opened on the 15th. Alabama was on the 16th of March, and very, very little gobbling. Now, over this last week or two, it's been absolutely fantastic in most areas. But, you know, it seems like South Carolina is kind of the same thing. Now, kind of going into another question, you know, how have the birds been, you know, flocked to prehend up from what you've been seeing, and has that been an issue at all for you? It it wasn't really a big issue at the at the start, the opening weekend, wherever I went out, and I, well, it was on it was on Friday whenever I killed the first bird. But really, it they were flocked together, really, really tight. Still, all the jakes were together. There was one tom in the group that I seen, and like I said, there was no goblin. So locating them was pretty. I, I knew where they were because I went out and I done my pre my preseason scouting. But it locating just wasn't like typical turkey season locating because it was cold and, you know, I mean, just the, the weather was kind of whack that time of year. And it really wasn't where I expected it to be for it to be end of March, beginning of April. Uh -huh. But and they the hens, I didn't see many hens really flock together on that piece of property. I really didn't see hens much at all. But like I said, all the jakes and even there was a couple of toms hanging in with the groups of jakes. And if I'd call one time, you, if you had a hen decoy out or if you just had anything out really and called one time, you'd see all them jakes. So it made it it made it made harder hunting. You know, it was funner hunting, but it made it harder on me because, you know, unless you just really had a good setup. And I, I got lucky with my setup. And 
they just the whole group of jakes and a couple toms just came moving in and i just happened to get lucky and they didn't they didn't spot me and that was that was really how i was able until like i said probably april 1st i think we went on april 3rd is where we went for the first time on public land and that's whenever i noticed the real first gobbler lone gobbler by himself gobbling and uh responding to locate calls and responding to turkey calls versus jakes and other toms they just weren't really responding that like they'd respond you'd hear a gobble but it wouldn't be no you know gobble after gobble after gobble or every time you hit a call it gobble Mm -hmm. like that yeah it was it it was real quiet at the beginning of the year and then that that one that our first weekend when it was actually warm decent weather that's whenever we was hearing the most sign and i mean not hearing the most sign but hearing the most bird action and i mean honestly that was that was the most action i've had so far even though even though we didn't get a kill it was just the most action i've had so far i mean honestly in my whole turkey hunting career which ain't too terribly much compared to others Mm -hmm, exactly well to kind of get into another topic you know have you noticed especially hunting both private and public land is there any one food source that you can you know tell that hey these turkeys are really hitting this right now or is it still you know relatively sporadic um one food source i could tell and i i know the birds are roosting here every night and i know they're scratching here every morning because i've watched them go by and pin oaks they're really and maybe maybe it's just the area i was in uh, I, I don't really know because it, you know it's hard to find harder to find pin oaks on this piece of property I was hunting on public land, but on this piece of private property there was a lot of pin oaks down on the river bottoms, and as soon as they'd fly down from the roost they'd be scratching they'd scratch and scratch and scratch, and that's actually how I got to kill the first bird was by he they was scratching and I was able to put like an aggressive sneak towards them and then back off and set up set up on them, but. Pin oaks, getting back to the question, pin oaks would probably, on the private land piece I hunted just a little bit, it was, uh, pin oaks were really on fire. Uh, white oaks and red oaks, they did, I don't really think they put out, because it, this is my first year hunting this year, and I wasn't even able to deer hunt. So, white oaks and red oaks, I really don't think they put out as great as they usually do there. But I know on the pieces of public I've been hunting, they uh, the where the white oaks and especially the red oaks was putting out, we've we've been seeing turkeys and we've been here on too right on now you know kind of going into another topic on just tactics you know what tactics right now you know, especially you being a newer hunter but you know still familiar with some of these areas you know what's a tactic right now or tactics that are really kind of working for you so far this season my i mean i ain't, I ain't gonna lie about it uh the what's helped me out the most honestly is just being more of an a an aggressive hunter now now i want to tread on that topic lightly because being an aggressive hunter especially with turkeys early season real early before there's anything on the trees it can uh you know it can get you some trouble them birds they can figure you out fast but um but hunting aggressive even on public land hunting aggressive and trying to gain ground on the bird i have found to help me out a lot especially starting out but i do i do also like you know like i told you before i i deer hunt a lot and you know i hunt a lot on public property so it's like the the stalking and the sneaking in part really ain't the hardest part for me versus someone new coming in it could be a little bit tougher because you wouldn't think 
a sound of a stick would hurt you or you wouldn't think. I mean, you know, that's little things you wouldn't pay attention to. But I do feel like being able to get in closer to the birds and close that distance in between y'all or in between you and the bird, I believe that helped me out a lot, especially with, you know, I mean, you, you never know. He could get in between. Another hen could get in between you and him, and that could shut the whole thing down. Oh, yeah, and that happened to us uh, a couple times this year so far. So I can relate with that. Now, you know, kind of wrap up this report. You know, what's a tip you'd leave for the listener, especially, you know, you coming from, you know, greener into it. I mean, kind of very similar to how I did as well. And, uh, you know, kind of relate with some of our some of our listeners that are either they don't turkey hunt and they want to get into it or that are still very new at it. You know, what's a tip you'd give for them to maybe help uh, help them out with maybe a little bit of a learning curve? My biggest tip would be stick with it. Uh, I wish I wish I would have uh, stuck with it harder than what I did whenever I first started out. I, I started hunting with a guy, and uh, he, uh, I mean, just just his tactic really wasn't up my sleeve. And you know, and I was I was fine with that. That's cool. So I, I just kind of backed out of turkey hunting. I, we didn't see no turkeys. We didn't get any action really. So it kind of it put it pushed me away from it to be honest. And I wish it, I wish I would never let it push me away so hard. But ever since I started, uh, hunting by myself, you know, I, I learned on YouTube and I learned how, whichever way I can, especially with buddies I can go out with the, um, being able to do, do your own thing and learn your own way. That really helped me out a lot because especially you go out there and you, you put your time in, you scout and you find the birds by yourself. Then you, even if you don't kill, going out there, hearing the birds, and knowing that you're doing something right, hey, these you, you got no idea how much it'll boost your self-esteem level. It's, because I mean, a turkey, I'll tell you, it'll uh, it'll break your heart, and he can uh, he can really get it to where you don't want to go out there and you don't want to hunt turkeys no more. Because I mean, they they ain't no easy critter to hunt, especially public land turkeys. But uh, I'd say I'd say just going at it just keep going at it and don't don't give up don't give up because i mean i it took me and for whoever's listening it took me over four years just to kill my first turkey and uh like i said this year it was my first year really really putting some effort forth to it and trying and doing my scouting and you know and and i really really enjoy it because i mean especially on public land because you know i mean you know it's, it's everyone else's land too you ain't gotta worry about other people on your hunt club you ain't gotta worry about anybody really i mean you know it's you being you you can do what you want to do you do what you feel you need to do to kill a turkey and whenever you whenever you get any kind of result from that it's just uh there honestly ain't no better feeling yeah exactly like i didn't kill my first bird until last year and i've been trying to get you know going out this this is my shoot this is probably my third year seriously trying to go after turkeys and uh you know mine and your upbringing is very similar you know i grew up turkey hunting with my uncle of mine and uh, we pretty much uh deer hunted for him i mean sat up on this sat up on trees on on food plots knew a pattern where the turkeys would go and would just blind call every now and then and i mean we saw some birds but never had any opportunities at shooting anything and then uh you know started hunting with andrew uh a bunch on public land and dude just opened my mind up to first of all public land hunting but also oh, freaking yeah. the opportunity on, on killing turkey on public land my first bird yes. last year i killed on public land in north carolina and dude it was awesome actually I'm looking right now while we're recording this looking at a picture of me and my buddy uh, uh greg broadway we t- we doubled down on uh two public land birds last year in north carolina and dude it was awesome and uh like Man, you, like you said there's, there's nothing better 
there, there really ain't, there really ain't no, for all these people out here that think, oh, well, I ain't got nowhere to go. I ain't, you know, you ain't got this place. You ain't got that. And even, you know, I mean, public land is a really, really good resource to have. Uh, they're, they're, it's just like hunting on private land. I mean, and people, a lot of people ha have a bad, a bad bud in their ear on public land. They, they think it's hunted and they think people, other people's out there shooting each other. And, you know, they ain't like, they, they think it's just like the wild, wild west out there, but it's, it's really not. And just being able to go out there and, you know, knowing that it's your land. I mean, you know, you was. It, it, it's yours to hunt it's, it's everybody else's land out there so why not take advantage of it and man it, there's no better feeling than being able to go out there and you know number one just support public land and get out there and you know i mean get to do what you love to do and then on top of that killing a bird something that you've worked so hard for yeah, it's just it's a it's a really good feeling exactly right on man well hey uh thomas i appreciate you coming on for this week's episode it was great having you on from south carolina hopefully we can have you back on a little bit later on in the season kind of seeing how y'all season progresses but uh with all that being said man uh have a great weekend and uh good luck all right man well i appreciate it good luck to y'all also all right, guys, and next on the line, we have our buddy and also the vice chair for the southeastern chapter of BHA, Backcountry Hunters and Angler, uh, Joshua Watts. Josh, what's going on, man? Oh, not much, man. Just uh, enjoying this turkey season we got going on. Well, enjoying the turkey you killed today, you mean. <laughs> hey, man, I just finished enjoying it for supper, as a matter of fact. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. So, guys, Josh is going to be representing the state of Mississippi today. Uh, so, with all that kind of being said, let's jump straight into this report. Uh, you know, right off the bat, from you know the time you've been out in the woods over the last say week or two, uh, you know how has the gobbling activity been for you? Um, over the the past week or so, it has picked up tremendously. Um, the birds have gone from gobbling mostly on the roost, maybe once or twice on the ground, to just man, you're hearing birds all over the woods right now. So it is it's really turned on over the past week around where I am. All right. And, you know, kind of another question that you kind of hit on is, you know, from what you've been seeing in person, but also maybe hearing from other guys in your area, uh, you know, how or not how, but more so are the birds right now still relatively flocked up? The turkeys relatively flocked up? Or are they starting to kind of break off from a lot of those hens? Um, they are starting to break away. Now, when they uh, first fly down, you'll catch them with a hen, but it's not like they're all flying up together in the afternoon. They're kind of segregated uh, at fly up, and uh, they are flying down, trying to hen up pretty quick. But there's, it seems like not as many hens are available right now. So mm -hmm. once they uh, once they get down to that first hen, they're they're fired up again right after that. So it's making for uh, better midday and and afternoon hunts right now. Okay, perfect. Now, from what you've been seeing you know, during your hunts, is there any one or major food source you've seen turkeys actually feeding on or around turkey sign, or is it still relatively sporadic? It's, it's still sporadic from what I'm seeing. Uh, nothing particular that they're feeding on. Um, I, there's a couple of different places that I hunt, and the birds that are typically in the hardwoods are still in the hardwoods. The ones that are roosting in the pines close to fields are, are still in the field. So nothing really, you know, focused as far as food source right now. Now, is there any certain tactic that's been, 
uh, you know, you've been implementing this year that's uh, kind of working out for you? Or is there any one tactic that you can kind of, you know, kind of uh, pinpoint that maybe someone could try out doing? Uh, right now around here, um, man, I would, I would try midday and afternoon because the birds are really starting to fire up later on in the day and they're, they're very vocal right now. Um, people typically, you know, get in at the break of day, work a bird till, you know, an hour after daylight and go to the house. And, uh, there's a good chance they're leaving a bird in there that is, uh, you know, that, that could be worked in later on in the day. So right now there's a lot of birds falling midday. I mean, you, you hear of a lot of people killing birds, uh, you know, a couple of hours after fly down on into the afternoon. So that's something that's working around here right now. Now, another question, kind of wrap this up, at least on the report side, uh, you know, what's a tip you'd leave the listeners, uh, something maybe they can uh, implement for this season, especially when the times maybe getting a little tough for them, uh, to maybe be able to kind of pick them up and get them through the rest of the season? Well, I mean, like I said, they're, the birds are really active midday and afternoon now. So, you know, if you, if you don't do good first thing in the morning, don't sweat it. Uh, pack up, move somewhere else, see if you can strike something up. Uh, most people treat turkey hunting as a, a morning, early morning only event. And man, you can make it go all day. I know yesterday uh, I had a bird I was working at about six o'clock yesterday afternoon and I bumped some deer and that kind of screwed that up for me. And then the bird I shot this morning, I actually roosted last night. And he gobbled at every little sound from 7.30 until pitch black dark at 8 o'clock. Mm. So they are, they're vocal in the afternoon. And typically a bird that's vocal in the afternoon is by itself and, and looking for a hen and more than willing to come in, you know, a little more than, say, a bird that you get to on the roost first thing in the morning that might already know where a hen is. Uh, in the afternoon, they're looking. So... You know, don't d get discouraged if you don't get anything into at first light. Or, man, if you're running behind and can't make it, you know, hey, try something later on in the morning. You know, uh, just and, and that doesn't really work that good uh, towards the beginning of the season. But where we are right now, in Mississippi, that's a good tactic. You know, if if you don't strike something up early, try somewhere else. You might get lucky. Awesome. Well, uh, that's a that's an awesome. That's a really good report coming in from Mississippi. Now, another thing we want to talk to all of our listeners today about, and Josh kind of let you kind of handle it, is uh, what what BHA is doing right now during turkey season with the gobbler uh, gobbler and garbage uh, event. So, kind of talk a little bit about that and how people can get involved with that. Yeah. So, uh, so the southeast chapter of the backcountry hunters and anglers, we've got a uh, a I guess you'd call it a cleanup campaign going on right now. So basically, uh, the premise behind it is we want people to try to clean up our public lands. And while we're out there turkey hunting on those public lands, it's just about anybody can find uh, a grocery bag full of trash just laying around in a parking spot or while you're walking through the woods. So kind of to incentivize that cleanup, uh, we've got a, uh, we've got a thing going on now that, uh, we're we're giving people points for picking up garbage. So, say you pick up one gar uh, one grocery bag full of garbage, you get one point. You get you know four bags is four points. Uh, now, while you're this has to be on public land, by the way. 
So while you're out there, say you kill a bird with a 10-inch beard. Well, pick up a bag of trash, and that gets you in with 10 points. But if you pick up two bags of trash, you get in with 20 points. So your bags of trash are a multiplier for the length of the beard. So it's just a little incentive to, to get people to think, you know, you can throw a, a, a old plastic grocery bag in your pocket and pick up some trash on the way out and get your name in the hat. Um, that w- one thing, though, you do have to be a member of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Uh, this is good through uh, May the 15th, and it's good for all of the states in the Southeast chapter. So the seven Southeast states, uh, you've got Alabama, Arkansas, Arkansas, uh, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee. Uh, so if you live in any of those states, if you want to pick up trash in any of those states, you can get your name in the hat. Um, we're giving away some pretty good prizes. we got a Yeti cooler. We've got an autographed uh, Hank Shaw cookbook. We've got some turkey calls. We've got, man, we've got all kinds of stuff. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's for good causes to, to keep our public lands clean. You know, we all enjoy them. Some people uh, take advantage of them, leave trash out there, but, you know, we always like to leave it better than we found it, and here's a a way to kind of get rewarded for doing that. So we encourage everybody to participate, uh, to be able to enter it. Um, If you put a picture up on Instagram and use the hashtag gobblersandgarbage, you can tag at BHA Southeast. Uh, we have a Southeast uh, BHA Facebook group. If you want to join that group, post a picture of your garbage bags, uh, make a note of you know what state you're in, and we're keeping the leaderboard by state for some of the prizes. Uh, also, you can shoot us an email. Uh, it's southeastbha at backcountryhunters.org. So uh, those are the ways you can enter. And uh, we just encourage everybody to participate. You know, like I said, leave it, leave it a little bit better than you found it and leave a good impression for the people that are, are just getting into public land hunting. You know, you don't want them to go in and say, man, I, I enjoy this public land, but it's just a mess. You know, kind of kind of straighten it up a little bit and make a good impression for folks. Yeah, right on. I mean, that's awesome. It's a cool program. Uh, I'm sure some of you guys have probably, some of our listeners have probably saw uh, that the hunting public shared that, I believe, yesterday. Uh, yeah, they did, man. That's great. I, I'm glad they're they're getting the word out for us. That's good, you know. Yeah, exactly. So this is another thing, guys, you can get involved with. Plus, you know, me and Andrew have been uh, members of BHA for a few years now, and it, it's just a great group of people that you can get involved with, uh, especially if you're looking to get more into public land hunting, especially if you want to go out west. It's a great place to also network with guys that are very experienced, like Josh right here. He's going on his first sheep hunt uh, in August, I believe it's a doll sheep right. hunt. Is that correct? Yep, doll sheep in August. And Dude, I can't wait Ooh. to get there. Man, listen, if you if, listen, I don't know what they charge for a cameraman, but if you need a cameraman, you just holler at me, okay? <laughs> uh, I'll let you know, man. I'll let you know. <laughs> Anyways, that's awesome. But guys, it's like that. I mean, BHA is full of a bunch of uh, you know men and women that are just passionate about public land hunting, and dude, they do some cool freaking hunts, man. That's all I can say. Uh, so it's a great opportunity. So make sure you guys check out uh, Backcountry Hunters Anglers uh, Gobblers for Garbage or Gobblers and Garbage uh, that program, and try to see if you can get involved with that. But uh, Josh, man, we appreciate you coming on for this week's episode and uh man have a great rest of your spring i sure will man you do the same 
All right, guys, and last on the line for this week's short report, we have Aaron Dorflinger coming on. He's going to be representing both Arkansas and Oklahoma. Aaron, how you doing, man? No, oh, I'm fine, buddy. How are you doing? Doing excellent. Uh, maybe not as good as you, man. You First off, we ought to do just a little quick recap of your season. You absolutely just destroyed some public land birds in Tennessee opening week, uh, tagging out. And how many days did you tag out on public land up there? Man, it took me four days, four turkeys. I was blessed this year on public land. I mean, I heard a lot of birds gobbling on the limb. Uh, they were tough on fly down, but midday action was was best for us. Uh, I know a lot of other guys around me killed birds midday, but once they bro- broke off them hens, man, you could you know get them right on in there and tag out. Yeah, right on, dude. I mean that that's pretty awesome. So uh, you're originally you live in Arkansas, you know, roughly say, we'll say Conway, uh, so pretty much middle of the state. And I hunt a bunch of public land. And again, on this week's episode, we'll have you covering Arkansas along with Oklahoma, which is where you're at right now. Now, Correct. with all that being said, let's kind of jump straight into one of the questions, which, you know, first one, you know, over this last week in Arkansas and over this last day you've been in Oklahoma, how have the turkeys been gobbling for you? Well, in Arkansas, they have definitely been hammering. I mean, turkeys fly down and they're still gobbling. I, I listen to turkeys at a public land spot gobble till 9 o'clock one morning before season uh they're definitely ready right now a lot of guys that i've talked to have just been hammering on them the last couple of days uh now out here in oklahoma it's a little different story this morning got out got here this morning winds blowing 20 miles per hour so as you can tell it'd be very difficult to hear turkey gobble on the limb this morning but at about midday today i, I was able to get my first oklahoma bird uh and they were with hens. They're still hinned up, flocked up around here. Uh, I haven't talked to any locals yet. Uh, I'm I'm going to get around to that and find out what you know what what the best thing to do is around here because I've never been to Oklahoma, but I have definitely found a, co- uh, a couple lonely gobblers today. I've killed two. I've got one tag left, and we're going to see if we can get it done this weekend. Right on, dude. And again, you're hunting public land in Oklahoma. Is that right? Yes, public land. Dude, that is freaking awesome. So we're talking public land in Arkansas and Oklahoma, so that's fantastic. Now, kind of running to the second question, you know, from what you've been seeing over the last week in Arkansas and then today in Oklahoma, you know, how are the birds when it comes to being flocked up or hinned up right now? Is that still an issue or are they starting to separate? In Arkansas, they have definitely separated. Uh, the birds that I killed Tuesday morning, I called up three gobblers, no hens in sight. Uh, but down here in Oklahoma, they're definitely flocked up. You can see about five to six hens per gobbler out here right now uh but you know it's it's chilly it's 37 degrees Whew. a few a few warmer days and uh they'll probably get ready to rock and roll down here right on now again kind of talking both states here have you seen any major food source that the turkeys are focusing on or are they still pretty sporadic on food patterns they're sporadic they're just spread out all over the place all right, now, you know, kind of another question that I really like to hit on and a lot of people really love, and, you know, we talked about this quite a bit on this episode, is, you know, what's what tactics right now, first of all, are working for you uh, back in Arkansas and along with Oklahoma, and is there any tactics you've done in both states that are, that you know, kind of intertwine? Yes. What, the first thing you guys need to do, you, you need to get boots on the ground. You can't just pull up to a public spot, jump out of your car, and hope one gobbles. You need to get in the woods you know, find the freshest sign you can find, find you some turkeys. Uh, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they don't want to put the time in, but that's one thing you need to do. You need to key in on getting out there in them woods and trying to find the birds. Now, 
you know, with that being said, are you talking more, you know, preseason scouting, in-season scouting, or kind of explain that a little bit more in detail on how you go about doing that? Well, in Arkansas, it's preseason scouting always. Uh, I live there, you know, I go, go around a lot of public spots, and I'm able to go out there and scout. But on a out-of-state trip, I usually take one day of my trip, and I will scout. I'll drive around, find birds, uh, knock on doors if I can find some on private land. But I usually try to stay to the public side. I just feel, you know, a lot – I feel more accomplished to harvest bird on public land just because it's so difficult. You got the pressure of all the local hunters and everything. But, uh, yeah, that's what I do. You got, you got to take one day out of your day and uh, just go out there and find them. Walk around, you know, see what the birds are doing. That's what happened today. You know, the birds are flocked up around here, still cold, but uh, I was managed able to get two of them during midday. Now, I got a question for you. When you hunt out of state, because, you know, you did say you went to the Tennessee earlier this year for opening weekend and, you know, tagged out four birds in four days. Uh, when, when you're going to do an out-of-state hunt and you're trying to plan these hunts, what are you – when, when it comes to looking for property, whether you're just, your tactic is maybe going out west, you're knocking on doors for land, uh, you try to get access for turkeys, or if you're trying to hit some public land, is there anything you're doing, you know, before you get out there to kind of set the bar or set the, uh, maybe the uh, opportunity a little bit more your way uh, when it comes to either scouting online or whatever you're trying to do? Yes, yeah, so I'll pull up my Onyx map, and it has all the public land listed all over the states. I'll pull it up, and... Uh, I look for public land that's against fields or or got creeks running through it. You know, turkeys, turkeys will roost above a lot of creeks, especially in Tennessee. Uh, I found out that, you know, them turkeys over there will definitely roost a lot all up on the creeks and the rivers over there. And uh, field birds, you know, they'll, they'll fly down in those fields. And if you get lucky enough, you can call them on public land and, and go ahead and fill your tag. Yeah, no, that, that's that's awesome because I think that's one thing that a lot of people are kind of uh, should I, I don't know if I should say intimidated by it, but they're always wondering. I've had a lot of people ask, you know, if you're looking to do an out state turkey hunt and you're trying to hunt public land, you know, what are you looking for? And a lot of people just don't know. So that's always a great question to ask somebody like yourself that you know, first of all, has a lot of experience doing these out of state turkey hunts, but also has success with the hunts because it's one thing to go out there and, and go hunt and you know swing and a miss. It's another thing to go out there and freaking tag out. So that's awesome. That's right. Man. Now, to kind of wrap up this report, you know, what's a tip you'd leave the listeners, uh, something maybe you've done year in, year out, especially hunting public land, maybe doing it out of state, that maybe they can try to start implementing to maybe have a little more success, you know, especially for this season? Well, you know, don't be afraid to knock on any doors, you know. Some people out there, they're, they're very kind. They'll let you go out there and then harvest a turkey if you're out of state. Some people won't, but just don't be afraid to knock on a door. If you can't get it done on public land and, and – and you're stressed out, and you got one day left, and you, you see a turkey out on private land, go knock on that man's door, that lady's door. You might get permission, and you may be able to just get one tag field. Yeah, right on, dude. I mean, that definitely happened to us in Tennessee this year. I was filming for the one-shot uh, governor's tag hunt in Tennessee, <clears throat> and uh, the property we had access to originally didn't really hold many birds. And uh, we actually got permission to hunt a, a farm down the road by just knocking on a door, and an old farmer was like, yeah, man, y- y'all come out here and hunt, not a problem. <laughs> And it uh, turned out pretty good for us. So that's a great tip. And, uh, Aaron, man, we appreciate you, you know, coming on for this week's episode. And uh, definitely stay in touch. And, man, good luck tomorrow in Oklahoma. And hopefully you guys can uh, tag out. Yes, sir. We're going to try hard. Uh, it's supposed to be better weather tomorrow. I think the wind is going to die down about four miles per hour. Uh, a little warmer. So we should be able to get it done tomorrow. I hope so. 
Right on. Well, uh, appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, stay safe this weekend. Yes, sir. Y'all be good. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast. This show was literally made for you. It is an excellent group of people that are going to be there. A lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there. You're going to get to talk to them, shake their hand, learn from them in person, make some connections. And guys, we get a lot of questions about uh, which saddle should I get? Which tree stand should I get? What about this piece of gear? What about that piece of gear? How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.